play something else, will you please? That's desert music, man. Come oh. on, mellow out. Desert man. music, man. We're gonna die out here. It's beautiful out here, man. Enjoy it. You took all that peyote, man. Anything's beautiful to you. Hey, man, let's do that song we were writing in Chicago. What song? You know that me and my old lady. I don't know how it goes. Come on, I'm sure you do. You wrote it. I don't man. remember it, man. Well, let's try it. Me, my old lady. There you go. We like, we like, like, we like, we like, we like, like, get outside. But sometimes people space us out. Like a bakery truck and hope buns out of there. Sometimes we are so much in love that we go on a picnic and don't even take any Like to cruise around and trying to find the main drag in town, and then after we go try to find a 7-Eleven and get some beef jerky. Thanks for uh, joining us today. We've got uh, someone who really needs no introduction. You've seen him in movies like Up in Smoke, Nice Dreams. I just watched the documentary, a.k.a. Tommy Chong, two days ago. Uh, the legendary uh, Tommy Chong. Uh, I, here I am. Here I am. How's it going? Oh, good, 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 good. Just had a massage in my massage chair, so my hair is a little messy. A massage suite. Yeah, I got a I got a nice chair, a birthday present to myself. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <clears throat> so uh, you do a lot of these interviews all day, don't you? Uh, quite a few, you know, yeah. because of the we, we're not doing any uh, live shows, and so this this is taking over, and I, I love it. I yeah, no, I get high and just bother on. Yeah, no, I'm in. Cool. Uh, I'm in Arkansas, and oh, we yeah. have, we have medicinal here. Yeah, and well, I didn't. It's all medicinal, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it is all medicinal. You but know, it's, well, you know, it's crazy that they they made it recreational. Well, they just made it recreational so they can grab some taxes. You know, that's because right. It should, it should be just be medicine because it is medicine. It should be, and. I kind of wanted to talk to you about that, especially coming up. It's almost coming up on 20 years of, you know, when you were raided over uh, the shipment of bongs and sent to prison. 
And then uh, we have recently with uh, the Biden administration, the pardons and expungements of uh, records of people with minor uh, cannabis offenses, which on a federal level, you, there's not many people in federal prison for minor. I would say you would be a minor offense, but you were bongs, shipping bongs over state lines and not <laughs> no, no, actual. My, my, whole thing, my whole thing was a racist uh, example of racism gone crazy. You know, And a prisoner of, of celebrity. Well, the, the, yeah, the celebrity racism. Yep. racism. That's what it is. They, they they had to find someone, you know, uh, that everybody can, you know, relate to. And uh, and they had to show their racist ass, in which they did. And and it's fine with me. I mean, it took me a while to, to, re, to realize that fact. Uh, but, uh, you know, thinking about it, um, because of the, the the nature of the race, you know, like prohibition for alcohol, that was pure racist, mm. you know. That was because the Italians and the Germans and the French and, and, you know, they drank their alcohol and, and, you know, the Puritan uh, uh, Puritans at the time, you know, they wanted uh, America to be free of color and the alcohol. Mm. And, but so, so, so they made alcohol illegal. And, and when they, eliminated that you know actually freed the french and the italians and the germans made them okay in society while they had to go for the mexicans and the blacks and 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 the people of color and and so they went after their their uh uh, medicine of choice which was uh, cannabis and here we are yes and you've been one of the pioneers in the I would say modern cannabis revolution uh, ever yes. since um, the beginning of you, of Cheech and Chong. Uh, yeah. I mean, you started out, what, as a musician, a comedian, and uh, uh, become an actor and an activist, basically, right? I mean, yeah. you've been an activist your whole well, life. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah you know, I've been dealing with racism all my whole life. I guess that's my, my, that's my karma. You know, that's why I'm here. That was that was the that that was my mission on Earth, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It says, okay, this is what you're gonna do, you, you know. You're gonna you're gonna be a bit of everybody, and including uh, the black race, uh, because I married a, a, a black lady, and uh, we had two uh, very beautiful brown kids, you know, uh, and. Uh, my dad's Chinese, and then I found out that my mother was a, a quarter Native, uh, and uh, that makes me one eighth. Yeah, with the DNA. So, so I've got Native blood in me. I got Chinese blood in me. I got uh, Irish, Scotch, and uh, and God knows what else. And and therefore, and and then all my life I was. Uh, Pointed, I was definitely, you know, pointed to. My mother told me, she said, "You're going to be noticed." And every school I went to, everywhere I went, that was that was my calling card. This little half, whatever he is, is uh, he's not white. He's not white. And you and dealt with that in Canada, right? I mean, you are I, from originally within in Calgary, Alberta, which is one of the the 
premier racist spots in uh, in North America. All right. I I'm, I I can't go to Canada, so I, I have no idea. I, <laughs> You're not allowed. I to. was I I I got caught drinking and driving. A, oh man, twenty something years ago when I was young and dumb, and I can't. I guess you can't go to Canada if that happens. Oh, they they won't let you in. I You're guess I've never stuff. tried, but I I mean, oh, I've, you never tried. I've known people who've gone, and that yeah. the OWI thing is a uh, nope. Well, the computer, see, the yeah. computer got your ass on everything. It know. does. That that's what happened to me. That's why one of the reasons I had to do time, because I I know that the government when they went after me, uh, you know, because the bombs is such a lightweight charge, and shipping them across state lines even another lighter mm-hmm. weight charge. You know, yep. I mean, it's like what what is this? But and and the fact that I never owned the company, and the fact. That we were, uh, uh, what do you call it, entrapped to do that. You know, the feds yes. owned up the company, and they and and we wouldn't ship it to them. And so what they did, they you wouldn't ship it to me. I'm from Iowa. You, you wouldn't ship it to me. I, I I couldn't get a Tommy Chong bong. No, no. When I, so when we I wouldn't ship it to them. And then and then uh, they 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 got a guy in our company. Um, you know, put a plant in there. And and I think that's that's what happened because we they, they they went after us. You know, first of all, they investigated us. You know, and we we're under investigation for a good year, maybe more. Uh, when George Bush was starting the you know, Iraqi War, they needed some hippie opposition, and and the only things that were going at the time was the fact that pot was illegal and uh, and you know, the, but no one was really going against that. The only the bong company we were still selling bongs even though weed was illegal because it was like a loophole you know mm-hmm. uh, we could sneak by it but uh, when, so but when Bush needed uh, needed some press then then they picked the bongs and and they picked so they investigated everybody and when they found out with with me that I had a very minor uh, criminal record which was actually a juvenile record. And, and so they, they, you know, all that's supposed to be a sponge. You're not supposed to use yep. it. But in law enforcement, they have access to all that information, yep. you know? And, and so, you know, the law can say you're not supposed to look at it, but they're going to look at it. And they use your whole life against you. And so what they did, they, they, well, they, what they need, they need that excuse, mm-hmm. you know, to go after you that to fall back on. Well, he's done time in jail anyway, you know. It's like a point system, you know. And so I, I, I believe I, I, I believe that was another reason. See, I never thought that that I was going to do any time. You know, I thought I was going to get house arrest, which I was really mm-hmm. looking forward to. <laughs> but but then my lawyer kind of, they, they, they kind of made, let them know that I was going to do some time. You know, you know, the government, you know, because the law, the charges were flimsy, the, 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 their thing. And the only reason, see, we were, we were going to fight it and we were going to win. And then they said, well, the government came back and said, well, you know, we can go after his wife. We can go after his son and uh, we can make it very uncomfortable and very expensive. 
And in the end, the son and the wife could do jail time, you know? Yep. And so, and so I said, okay, <laughs> take me. I'm gone. I'm mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And then seeing, you know, with uh, the Biden administration now, which I think it was Joe Biden that might have helped with the law that might have put you in jail and others in jail. But it was called the Biden, uh, called the Biden law. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, and now with, this promise to expunge records, uh, federally minor possession sure. records. It's an awesome thing if it if it would affect uh, more people, I guess. Uh, and I guess no, it's a step no, in the right direction. It, it, it's totally in the right direction. Yeah, uh, you know, you, they they can do that. See, see what the what he has to do though, and he hasn't done it yet, is uh, is reschedule. You know, take it off. Is the reschedule the way to go or completely decriminal? I mean, I guess it would no. have to be rescheduled into the category of alcohol. No, they have to reschedule that. See, right now it's schedule one. Mm-hmm. And and it should be schedule two at least, you know. And schedule one says that it has absolutely no, no medical, medical benefits. benefits. Yeah, no medical benefits. And and that is is totally opposite to the truth and so if they should say at least take it off that they take that lie off it okay and then schedule two i think it, it, it's it's uh goes to with uh alcohol i'm not really sure um yeah I, i've heard uh, with the rescheduling then uh could bring the fda into it you know if it's scheduled like a medication or something like that i just know it goes into this red tape um i know with the midterms coming up there's states that are voting on recreational like i believe missouri is i know arkansas is arkansas arkansas is voting for recreational the problem with the arkansas uh um, measure is there's no growing, there's no home grow allowed, and there's no expungent <laughs> of records. And if there's no allowment to grow a plant in your house, uh, then there's no, how is that freedom and how is that even, I'm voting no on, on number four, just solely on the no grow and, and they're not expunging people's records. If you're not going to expunge records and I can't grow the stuff on my own and you're going to monopolize Oh, so that's how they're keeping it off the ballot. They're, 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 I mean, they're getting the no vote is is to uh, go that route. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Well, it's that's just uh, it's kind of how they did it to us because we have medical medicinal. It's been medicinal for six years now, and we had and two different um, things on the ballot, and one had it to where we could grow. One expunged the records. Uh, had everything we needed, and they threw that off the ballot three days after we had voted yes on it. Hundreds of thousand people had already had voted yes, and they threw it off the ballot, didn't let people re-vote, and put this other one that then uh, basically monopolized it between like five different growers and just a handful of dispensaries. And you Oh, that's why they did it. Mm, oh, yes, because oh, uh, it's... Oh, 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 I see why the no home grow. Okay. It's the oh. control. It's to control that, and... Also, you can you can um, still arrest people for this. You can you know you can still there's all different revenue involved. Oh, they still in it. they still uh, pointed so that the, the the big guys can so everybody can still make money off it. 
everybody, no. but uh, it's very hard if you're a newcomer and you don't have the money. I mean, just to open but, a dispensary but, in the beginning, you had to have a million dollars cash capital. Yeah. Yes, yes, you know, yes. it's yes. it's I know that it's wild. Anyway, dispensaries aren't aren't the way to to to, to go. I mean, I. I you know, totally support every dispensary that's open. Yeah. The truth is, you know, especially in Los Angeles, it's scary to have a dispensary because it's the a cash. It's a, because of the, see, that's what I mean. That's the schedule because it's schedule yep. one. You've got to schedule it so we can have credit cards in our business. See, right now we can't use credit cards. Nope. And so it's a cash business. And so I'll, all these uh, dispensaries, a lot of them are getting knocked off. Yes. Uh, getting uh, robbed, excuse me. But, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, well, it's an exciting time when you think about it. It is. Did you ever think you would uh, see it in your lifetime, um, the yeah, transition yeah. I, into? I've always known that That regardless. Of, see, when this is what I'm talking about, racism in the beginning. You know, when you're being uh, traumatized and, and, and the laws against you because of your race, it mm-hmm. comes up in so many areas, you see, that 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 you you cope with them all. And, and so when when <clears throat> like right now. It was in the 60s that the, the Chinese that populate Vancouver were allowed to vote. And not only allowed, no, no, allowed to own businesses under their name before in the 60s, just Mm -hmm. in the 60s, it was illegal for a Chinese to own a a supermarket or a Chinese to own a a grocery store with their, you know, I mean, uh, 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 what do you call those, Um, a food delivery, you know, like a uh, food processing yeah. companies all, all owned by Chinese and before they were they had generic names like Acme Fruit, Standard Fruit all these uh, generic names but they should have been Wong and Chong and you know because it's all Chinese mm-hmm. the Chinese have you know been incredible but you know the racism of the white people has, has put, them, put into laws and that's what we're suffering now you know, because of because there was a time when in America that hemp was uh, not only legal, but was you had to grow it. You, you paid your taxes to. with it. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and and so we moved into this racist area. And, and if you look at the history of, of, of America, especially in my lifetime, uh, we've had we, I, we've had, I don't know, two major world wars. But in my lifetime. One major, uh, the Second World War, I was born in 1938. That was the beginning of the Second World War. And then to now, there's always been wars. And the wars, by the way, has always been about power and oil. Yep. About oil. That's right. And we're now getting rid of, we now, thanks to the cannabis plant, we're now being able to, to lose uh, our dependency on all these bad uh, products that you know in the few hundred years or a thousand years that we we managed to dig up to to ruin the planet you know yeah the the hemp uh, revolution is 
just now starting to take off. Um, I mean, you guys were you guys were ahead of the times with the van you built out of the weed, and (laughs) (laughs) it's it's true. I mean, it's true. I mean, Henry Ford was building cars uh, out of hemp uh, before Rockefeller stepped in and ended this for everyone, and it's been this perpetual. systematic uh it was rockefeller that that started the anti-hemp yes yes yeah i mean through the with the pharmaceutical companies the pharmaceutical companies are the ones that push down these holistic medicines these natural remedies like uh you you yourself you you battled cancer right and i i listened to you on the occult rejects a, a buddy of mine's podcast and you had talked about how uh you were injecting rick simpson oil if i heard that uh, not, correctly not injecting not the oil the the cbd okay yeah i uh, no i i i did the rick simpson oil like mm-hmm. everybody else you know i went into a semi-coma uh but it really helped more i'm not sure you know it's hard to say what how, what everything it did but what happened when i got i the first cancer i got was uh prostate mm-hmm. and it was one of those slow acting and you'll die of something else before this will mm-hmm. really kill you kind of cancer. Well, it's not nice having cancer in your body and knowing it, you know. And and so when I got then, so I got a biopsy, which I, which in, a, in some ways was a mistake uh, because it spread the cancer to my rectum. Mm-hmm. So then I got uh, uh, cancer of the rectum. And so I had to have the the plumbing moved from the back to the front, mm-hmm. and 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 I lost that that ability, and uh, and it, the good news was that while they were down there doing all the the rectum work, they said, "Well, we're down here with the with the pr- prostate. We'll clean out the prostate at the same time." And so they radiated the prostate. They they did all the radiation and everything. And so now I'm I'm totally cancer free, but I I got operated on you know major operation, and uh, and it was a healing process that where the where the CBD oil came in. I started injecting CBD uh, every week. Uh, I would uh, do injections. Um, this medic, this buddy of mine, uh, he, he Christopher Robin is his name. He was the first to uh, to turn me on to the injectable mm-hmm. uh, because he was a medic during the war, so he had that ability. And then, uh, and, and then I started doing CBD uh, orally, and then and then you know CBD. I got CBD products all up the union. <laughs> yeah. Up, I was going to say up the yin yang, but I have no yin yang anymore. So, so I got a lot of CBD products that really, really work. In fact, now we got a gummy bear on the market. Check this out. It's legal because it's hemp. Yep, it's made of hemp. It's a delta, and, and it's got a couple of. It's got about three, three and a half uh, milligrams of THC, mm-hmm. which has naturally yep but it's still it's a it's called the Cheech and Chong Cruise Chews and uh and they're they're available uh, in Texas and probably in Arkansas yep they're probably 
they're available. And so, so we, I bet anybody can order those in, in any of the, uh, at least lower States, 48 States. Yeah. 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 You order this stuff. It's, it's, it's incredible. I don't know. I don't know if you, yeah, get them. And it it gives you a nice buzz. We had them on the, uh, Mike Tyson show. I just uh, watched the, the, the Mike Tyson episode, you and Cheech. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and we we did that. We we I gave out these cruise shoes to everybody, and they loved them. And Mike loved them, and and, and it got them talking. <laughs> Usually, you know, Mike's pretty quiet, but yeah. the cruise shoes had just enough. See, that's a trick. You want just enough THC in, in like in a joint. In that I, I, I imagine, you know, we don't, you don't get that much. You know, you take a couple of hits, and that's all you got. You know, just mm-hmm. a nice. Nice little stuff to make you blabber on forever, like yep. I can do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought of the new cannabinoids that are coming out. They have the Delta, Delta 10s, 11s, uh, the THCV, the THCP, the THCO. Um, the yeah. list keeps going. THCH. Um, Man, I, the- you know... I- I'm still back at the day where I'm really proud that I know the difference between sativa and indica. <laughs> I, <hear laughs> That's a, I was with uh, this buddy, uh, uh, James Keach, you know, the movie director. Mm-hmm. And uh, James and I, he was showing me his garden and he grew some hemp. He, he thought it was weed, but it was, it, it wasn't, he never sexed it. So yeah. he, he grew up a lot of hemp and then he harvested it. In fact, I keep forgetting to get it out of my car. I got a bag of it in my car. <laughs> and and I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. I'm going to smoke a little bit, see see how, how it is. Uh, probably cook with it. Mm. Yeah. Probably use it in salads and shit, you know. Yeah, these yeah. Uh, cannabinoids that come from the hemp, uh, which with the farm bill uh, makes them legal, uh, they just... Every day, it seems like there's a new, uh, a new cam- cannabinoid that they they're finding. That's what I'm saying. So listen for 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 your referendum and that. Yeah. Vote it in, man. Vote it in yeah, with with all the restrictions and everything else. Because mm-hmm. you know, like every other stupid law, you know, they they won't deal with it. Uh, just a minute, I got to take a call. It's my son. All right. Hello. What's up? What's that? Oh, yeah, I finished signing everything. I'm doing a podcast right now. Want to say hi? Uh, okay. Okay, that's my son. <laughs> Paris. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good thought to vote it in uh, because they're not going to mess with yeah. it. Um, yeah, don't get, don't get picky with this. You know, when they give you, when they give you, open that door even a little bit, just, just go in and, and if you you want to grow grow you know you know the worst you know like it's an excuse you know yep. that's what those laws are just an excuse to hassle you so if you're if you're hassle free besides it's tough growing it's not fun <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it's tough it's... you know what's fun being at home and then having the the delivery sir knock on your door and say uh, delivery and you you go and get your bag of weed or your bag or your 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 shoes, you know yeah. whatever. You know? I, I'm just hoping we got, uh, a, we got a Cheech and Chong delivery service, 
and and uh, it's going really good because it's like Amazon. You literally See, have but, nice dreams now. Yeah, the lack, <laughs> the lack, the lockdown changed the world. Yeah, because people like you know, I grew up in the country, and we were like a catalog. Crew, you know, mm -hmm. you, there was no mail delivery. You know, there was nothing like we got here. And you know, there was mail delivery, but you had to go down way, you know, in town to pick up your mail from the, yeah, at the post office. You know, uh, and <clears throat> but you could order anything from the Sears catalog. You know, that's how my mother got me uh, got her guitar, which uh, she carried when she was carrying me. She used to hold against her, her her tummy and strum it, and then next thing I know, I'm a guitar player, <laughs> and I got the the same guitar that she had. You know, I still got that guitar. We got it from a catalog. You could you know? order a house from the Sears catalog. Yeah. Yes, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I mean, I remember yeah. as a kid, you'd get that big thick catalog, and yeah. uh, we'd flip through it, marking that out was... which toys we want. Yeah, that was our that was our magazine. I love catalogs. And you know what I used to do? I, I remember, you know, because there's not a lot of books that you, you, you pour through, but a catalog was one of them. Mm -hmm. And I would uh, uh, go to the fishing lure section. And then I realized that's why they're lures. <laughs> and we're from fish. We're from the water. So I immediately, boom, I Check yourself out if you go into a, like a sporting goods store, you'll find yourself going over and checking out the the fishing lures because that's what they're supposed yeah, to do. They're they lure you in, get your get your attention. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what other you got any projects going on uh, recently? I just we just finished Chong uh, Chews. We did a uh, um, uh, what do you call it? A, a fundraising event for uh, this musician, uh, Ayerto Arellis. Ayerto, he's, um, he's a beautiful Brazilian drummer, jazz drummer, that, a percussionist that worked with uh, Cannonball Adderley for years, Miles Davis, all the jazz guys. And so his daughter put on an event uh, last night, actually, and Chich and I went. And we um, we performed, yeah. We introduced the uh, the band in between. It was great. Oh, what a great show! God, I grew up with jazz, man, and oh God, it was it was so oh, it was like why did I ever leave this life? <laughs> yeah, you know, you hear the music playing, and, and it's not angry. It's not. It's it's mellow. It's it's so sweet and. Just smooth so, and something to kind of groove oh, to, and just oh, it's so beautiful in the audience. They're so oh god, I love that world. Mm. Now, do you you do you still do stand up? No, not as not like uh, I used to. No, no, unfortunately, mm. no. I do uh, podcasts. <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my latest gig. There you go. There you go. There yeah, you go. That's that's what. You, hey, listen. I, I love the lockdown. You know, the funny thing, when I got out of jail, I, I went on stage, uh, do some stand-up, and and I, and I don't know, it's a press conference or someone someone asked me, what what's what's it like? In, what was prison like? 
And I, and I said, you'll find out. And I, it was like, I didn't say it. <laughs> you know, there was a spirit or something mm-hmm. that said it for me. And then I realized, see, I've, I'd been captured by aliens and uh, which is ex- explains my uh, being, my whole being, what I am, you know, because I was never, I never went to film school. I've directed <laughs> how many, what, <laughs> at least four or five movies. I've never even had any, I had a couple of music lessons, and but yet I've ended up playing and writing a song. I'm not, I'm, I was never a songwriter. Or or a poet even nothing, and then I've done all these things, and uh, and then I, I had nightclubs given to me literally. I had a band, and and the, this guy that had a building said, "Hey, you you, you want a nightclub?" And I said, "Yeah." <laughs> he said, "Here here you are," and so we had a, a an after hours club that went for almost seven years and made a. Shitload of was that a and, and comedy well. club or a, a music no, type nightclub? No, after hours. It could have been. It could have been a perfect comedy club, but it was a, a just strictly music, and we hardly talked. You know, in fact, we would have you know uh, all the 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 jazz. That's how I got into Motown because I had this after hours club, and it got so popular because we ended up finding a, a, a singer. Uh, uh, hooking up with a singer in, from uh, New York named Bobby Taylor. And when Bobby Taylor joined the group, man, uh, it took us to another level. Like Bobby could sing, probably he's one of the best singers Motown's ever had on their roster. And Because when we joined Motown, Barry Gordy actually flew to Vancouver to hear, to sign, to hear the group, hear Bobby Taylor and sign it. Because this uh, Diana Ross heard us. And she she phoned Barry and said, "You get get over here and see me." And I got this group you, you're you're going to love. And uh, and Barry saw us and he signed us and forgot about us. <clears throat> and then we uh, made our way to Detroit. But uh, you know, there there all these things have been happening to me, pointing me in this direction because <laughs> because the. I was just thinking of the name of the band. The first band I had, we called ourselves the Shades. I named them the Shades. And the reason we were the Shades is because we were all different colors. There was a full-blooded Sarsi native Indian named Dick Bird. And there was a black uh, ex, uh, you know, slave descendant from from north of Edmonton, Amber Valley, uh, Alberta, named Tommy Milton, black. Uh, a football star, and then me, half Chinese from Calgary, and uh, the three of us, Dick and I both played guitar, and, and we all sang, and Tommy was the lead singer and a, a hell of a dancer, and and, uh, and we would we start performing in the Legion, the Canadian Legion halls, uh, for the for the for the Legionnaires, and then uh, then Tommy. Tommy and I formed a band, uh, Rhythm and Blues, Canada's West Coast, first Rhythm and Blues band in West Coast, in the West Coast, in, Bang- in Calgary, uh, East, yeah. And so we... Uh, and this was back uh, in the 60s? 
This was 50s. Oh, man. This was 50s. Way back. Rock. This this is the beginning of rock and roll. Yeah. This is, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, Elvis Presley. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this was Buddy Elvis, Holly time. The the Indian uh, Chuck Berry, Dick Bird, who passed away. In fact, both of them guys gone. But Dick Bird uh, was an Elvis impersonator at the time when Elvis was hot as uh, as can be. So so uh, that's how we Dick and I started. I was his backup guitar player, and Dick was an Elvis impersonator. But Tommy was such a good dancer, and I was a, a Lindsay Lindy Hop dancer myself. And so I got to know Tommy, and Tommy's also a football player uh, who knew my brother, who my brother ended up the bass player in the band. And and we we had the shades. And then we called our, the band the shades because we're all shades. And then uh, and then when the shades broke up, Tommy renamed the band Little Daddy and the Bachelors. <laughs> and we were all married, so it was crazy. And then we got... Bobby Taylor in the group, and then Tommy quit, and then we ended up with uh, in Motown. And so when Motown found us, they never uh, we never had a name for the band because Bobby Taylor just joined. And so uh, Barry Gordy wanted to say, what, "What do you guys call the band?" And so again, see, the whole band was very race conscious, mm-hmm. and we had a marquee in the club. And so, so we heard about a band in in Texas called the Ten Screaming Ends, mm-hmm. the N word, yeah, Ten Screaming Ones. And so we called ourselves Four Ends <laughs> and a Chink. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, Motown says, uh, "No, <laughs> we're going to call you Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's." And so then, a little bit more commercial. Night, the night of that we we left it up on the marquee, and that night no one came to see the four ends and the sea <laughs> except one very angry black lady wrestler. She was a wrestler slash uh, exotic dancer named Lottie the Body, and Lottie the Body came and sat because black women were always the police force mm-hmm. of the black race you know mm-hmm. if something went down i'm going to tell my mama oh lord don't tell your mama yep. papa don't give a shit <laughs> papa ain't going to upset nothing but mama's going to beat the hell out of you and so lottie the body came and she sat in the front row and there was no one in the club and we played a set and she says well i see the ends, but where's the seat <laughs> and my dad who was very chinese didn't know about the marquee. Didn't know about anything. He's he's helping taking tickets and bouncing. And he come in and he tried to hey you don't talk like that. And Lottie the body literally picked my dad up and body slammed him. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I jumped off the stage and ran down there and and she grabbed my ass and body slammed me. And all the brothers on the on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing their ass off. And finally, my brother comes out, my dad and everybody, and they kind of subdued Lottie. And, and, and so we changed the, the name from the four ends and the C to uh, four, four, uh, what was it, four color guys and a Chinese lad. 
and and then uh, and, and then then we just took it off the marquee, uh, and then no, then we're known as Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's, and we met, went to Motown, made a uh, a record that I wrote called "Does Your Mama Know About Me?" You see, it was all race inspired, mm-hmm. everything. That, and when we quit touring, one of the reasons we quit touring was that there was a division in in the in the audience you know and before it didn't matter but then when you get that divide in there and that that mindset in there uh, you're limited and so when one one time we we start singing uh does your mama know about me uh because it was a song and and uh and and uh someone in the audience i heard a heckler in the audience go boring and right then i said oh oh." yeah were you uh an opener on something like that or the headliner did you you, were you guys the headliners on uh these shows in the the vancouver's Mm -hmm. yeah uh motown yeah uh no we we shared a building with most people all right uh, like we work with Stevie Wonder, we work with Smokey Robinson, we open for Diana Ross, we open for all the Motown people. We we were the opening act, and and then we were on the road. Yeah, we were mostly opening for all the name groups and backing up groups like uh, Chris Clark. We were her backup band for a while, and that's when I quit, or I got fired. <laughs> Actually, I got fired. I got fired from Motown. Oh yeah, did yeah. you? So, so you got fired from yeah, Motown. Fired from Motown, yeah. And uh, I'm getting a green card. Really? See, well, yeah. Once I got the green card, you know, and the reason I got fired was that I had to miss a gig. You know, I was a backup band now, and so uh, uh, the the road manager, you know, he had no no love. It wasn't Barry Gordy. You know, Barry Gordy was the only one at Motown that really loved us, and so he. Uh, so Johnny Bristol fired me and I was fired for the weekend. And then Barry Gordy phoned me up and said, you know, it's been a mistake, Tommy, you're not fired, you know? And I said, I think I'm going to stay fired. I told Barry, I says, I, I, I want to become a, a Barry Gordy. I don't want to work for one. Oh. <laughs> and he says, I believe he, I can, I respect that. And he gave me a uh, $5,000 uh, uh, severance pay. And I went on my way, and everything is good. <laughs> so, from music, so, you, you got into comedy, right? Uh, oh, well, okay. So when after I got fired, I, no, I don't, no band, nothing. So I went back to. Uh, I, I had to go back to Vancouver. I went to LA first, and I laid on the beach, and I was going to be a songwriter and, and work out, just work out at Gold's Gym and be a songwriter, and that was my plan. But then the clubs needed me, and so I had to go back. And then when I got back there, I started working on the clubs, and the, the strip club had a you know strip show and everything, but it was really boring. And then I then I've been seeing these improv groups uh, around the country, and I really loved improv humor. And so I thought, oh, I'll turn the strip club into an improvisational club, into an improvisational club. Okay. With the strippers, and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell. Oh, well, you know, of course, the actresses, and I, I changed the strip. I, I elevated, actually, demoted them in a way, from stripper to uh, actress. 
<laughs> and and actually, it worked out really good, you know, because uh, we didn't have to pay that huge stripper cost, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're all actresses, and uh, and they were all great, you know. We all had the best time doing the show, and uh, yeah. And then I, I, I uh, the the MC that we had, he quit after the first show because uh, his name it was a black guy named Taps. He was a, a tap dancer, but he was MC. And he hadn't tapped for years. And so the first skit we did was, uh, 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 was uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, pillow, uh, pajama party, the pajama game, you know, where every, oh, the girls, they're going to have a sleepover after the show. And, and they, they, they changed from their street clothes into their little sleeping gowns. That, that was the stripping part. That was the, the nude part. And then uh, Taps and Jeannie, the singer, came over to entertain, and and uh, Jeannie sang. And then they said, "Taps, why do they call you Taps?" And and he he was a little surprised. He said, "Well, I'm a tap dancer. Well, let me see you tap dance." And so, man, he could tap dance. He was really good. And so the audience, oh, they loved him. They wouldn't let him leave the stage. They <laughs> kept him working, and and that he quit that night. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was too hard to work, man. <laughs> you know, he'd rather be, you know, here, and here comes the girls, you know. So he quit. And so I, I said to the doorman, who was very, another good actor, I said, Dave, I, I, I need a, you know, guy on stage. And, and uh, Dave says, uh, I'll do it if you do it. And it was a challenge. And so I said, oh, okay. And so that's how I got into comedy. <laughs> <laughs> on a dare. Yeah. Yeah. On a dare. Yeah. I'll do it if you do it. Huh. And then uh, you met Cheech later on and uh, started well, that comedy. That's a good story. We had a straight man. Because we, as soon as the, the improv word went out, the, all the actors in Vancouver, mm-hmm. which quite a few, they all showed up. And one guy, you know, he wanted to work. His name was, we needed a straight man. And he was beautiful. He was straight. He was a straight, kind of like um, old vaudevillian kind of guy, you know. But he was an actor. And he had all these funny little bits that he would do. And he was a white guy. looked like a cop. We needed someone that looked like a cop. Because Dave and I both had real long hair. And we needed the short hair, really. And so, but as we got so popular that the, everybody got excited, the newspapers come down, took a, give a picture of, of uh, Rick was his name, Rick Lenz, with, with the titties on either side of him. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife had no clue what he was doing. She thought he was doing community theater. And so she, uh, <clears throat> she made him quit. And so, <laughs> so, uh, so this this fan of the show, uh, Ihor Tordak, a Russian, Russian came down and came to me. And he says, "Hey, I got just the guy. You need someone? Yeah, I got just the guy for you." And uh, he introduced me to Cheech, and then Cheech came down and checked out the show, and uh, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, the show ran for quite a while. It was getting really good reviews funny but we we didn't know how to run a club properly mm-hmm. see we had a chance to charge a lot of money at the door and we never the door the, the front office thing we never had a promoter of the club 
I was the closest thing and I'm the worst. I'm a musician, you know, so long as I got my pay, you know, who gives a shit about anybody else, you know? And so, um, so we didn't know how to charge and, and then we were packing them in, but we weren't making any money like we did with the strippers, you know, where they would stay in, you know, they get built out of their money one way or another you know, with booze or something. And so we, uh, we, we lost money, even though we were packing them in. My brother showed me the bills and uh, he said, we have to go back to the strip club. And I said, okay. And so, uh, so that was the end of, uh, of, of the, the group. Although, but then Cheech and I stayed together, you know, mm-hmm. Cheech and I were the only one. Everybody else had a job, you know, Dave went back doing, working on the door and the girls went back stripping and, and, uh, and the only, uh, uh, yeah, it was just Cheech and I. And so, so we stayed together and then we, we did a couple of nightclubs in Vancouver, you know, folk clubs. Yeah. I was well known in Vancouver, so I could get a gig anywhere, you know, try out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we 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 did one one folk club, and it was so cool because we went down to see if we could work at the club, and uh, uh, um, T Bone Walker, the old the old T Bone Walker, you know, I'd seen him when he was in his prime, and he was phenomenal, but now he's way past his prime, totally drunk drunk out so drunk he couldn't get out of the chair they had to bring him a guitar <laughs> and so and then he, he he it was out of tune for the ride it was it was a total mess and and that's where i got the bit blind melon chillin i got that bit from from that from that uh that show and then the next week cheech and i did we work there Yeah, I think we, yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did a, a, a bit of a show. And then, uh, yeah. And then we, Cheech and I said, well, it looks like you're Jew and me, buddy. So we had to go down to L.A. And, and Cheech was up there. Uh, you know, He had become a landed immigrant in Canada. And so he was up there and dodging the, the war. Mm-hmm. So he's a draft dodger. And so... He was wanted by the FBI, and we, and, but we got across the border real easy, and and and, um, and we used to do the bit on stage. I used to anyway. Any FBI people here tonight? She, she shut up. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> but and then the rest is history. Cheech and I came down and, and worked all the the comedy clubs that we could work, you know, and because of my Motown. Uh, thing we could work anybody. Well, we could work anywhere. Anyway, it wasn't just because of me in Motown. It's just that I I knew where the clubs were, you know, and so we could just go and work in. Now, you did, did you guys tour extensively? Like when you, because you guys had multiple comedy albums. Did you guys oh, yeah. tour on those oh, albums oh. then? <clears throat> the first album we went out for I think three months straight. Really. Just like, the first album it was such a big hit and as a dave's not here yeah and it was like everybody cool. knows dave's not and here and we were and we were playing every we played pizza club, pizza <laughs> joints we played every from theaters and oh man we played them all 
No, we 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 did the road for how many years? Seven years, seven years on the road. Yeah, I mean, Up in Smoke came out in '78, uh, yeah. so it was extensive yeah. touring up until the movie came out. That's right. That's right. Hmm. That's hmm. right. And then after the movie, we went back on stage for for a show at the comedy at the. Oh. <laughs> My bro- oh, I got stoned. That's why I can't think. <laughs> the, it happens. That was the Laugh Factory, but it was the Comedy Store, and uh, in, in L.A. And it was it was that was a memorable because we we've been off stage for about a year doing Up in Smoke, and and then we went back on stage, and oh my God, it was one of the best shows. Ever. With extensive touring like that, uh, were you and Cheech uh, pranksters when you were on the road? What's like some of the one of the wildest things you've seen that Cheech do on the road back in those days? No, we no, we were definitely. You know, there's just two of us, and we we no no. I've been in the band, you know, but we were never big we're on the rock star. Uh, the most I'd I'd done the Chisholm circuit, you know, and that's mm-hmm. you know the black clubs and the black theaters and that, you know, and, and there was no need to be, you know, to be ignorant like that. And neither teacher I drank, you know, to excess. You see, see those guys. What happens to the rock and roll guys is that think about this, man. They write a song, and then it's like they have to sing it for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. They can't get away from it. Yep. No matter what age they are, they they have to sing that fucking song, and uh, they have to get into that space. And after a while, because it's like wearing the same uh, jeans or something, you know. After a while, they don't fit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're too fat. They're they're out of style. They're you know. And so the only way to cope with that kind of kind of uh, karma is to uh, get obliterated somehow you know mm-hmm. and, and and that's where the drugs and the, and the and the alcohol comes in you know because it's you, you it's you're just in some cases you're just trying to cope with the, with your reality it's a factory job for a mm-hmm. lot of people you know you know and that's why comedy is so so crazy good because comedy is really like therapy you know, yeah. It's like you're undergoing therapy. You're you're talking your problems out. You're laughing at 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 your your problems or someone else's problems. You know, mm-hmm. but in the in laughter is the best medicine. So, oh yeah, yeah. When Cheech and I broke up, I was so depressed. I tried to be a movie director, that didn't work. <laughs> I failed it myself. You know. <laughs> When I found, you know, because when Cheech and I did anything, it was so easy. Mm-hmm. It was so easy, you know. But then all of a sudden, you know, working with actors and people and writing and, you know, with Cheech and I, there was no, there's still no problem. Of, we can communicate, even if we're not together, we're that, we're that uh, close, you know. But uh, so, so, and then, and then, you know, I, I mean, there's, just because you hit it with one movie, you know, that don't mean shit. You know, you have to do it or two movies or three or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. eventually you're going to find uh, the, 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 the wall, you know, then you're going to start drinking. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know. But what saved me was that I went to a, a comedy show uh, again. You know, the the spirits kind of guided me around. Went, they sent me to see um, um, Saturday Night Live guy. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, uh, the comedian. And he was, he was, uh, he said to me, do you still, when I went down to see him before he went on stage, he said, do you still get nervous before you go on stage? And I hadn't been on stage for 10 years, almost uh, uh, the movie career, the whole movie. And I said, um, yeah, I, I guess I do. And I sat there and I watched his show. And then I said, I got to do this. I got to do this. And so then I went back to, 90, 90, 93, 93, because I went on stage the night after Rodney King got his ass whipped mm. by Pops. That was in 93. In fact, yeah. one of the bits I did was that, you notice, when you're on TV, your mom, doesn't matter why you're on TV, your mom gets all excited and tells all their friends, my, my son's on TV. He was a cop beating them with the but. <laughs> That with that, that's my son, <laughs> and and then uh, some guy in the audience heckled said, "Where's Cheech?" <laughs> and it brought me back down to reality. But I went on the road by myself for about a couple of years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then, I, then, then it started getting. I started the better I get. God, you know, the less I worried about, you know, material and that. In the mm-hmm. beginning, it was all about material. And then, uh, then I started missing my wife, you, you know, knowing that I was gone all the time. You know, she had a life; she was dancing, she was enjoying herself. And so I, and she was acting also. She was taking little bit parts here and there. And then I said, "Why don't you?" I, I had a gig in Guam. And they said, "Why don't you?" I said, "Why don't you come with me?" She goes, "I don't want to just sit in the dress room." And I said, "Well, how about if I put you in the show?" And then she goes, oh, okay. And so she started off just by um, introducing me. And here he is, Tommy Chong, to doing 40, 40 minutes. And then at the end, when she and I got back together again, she was doing at least 40, sometimes longer, and uh, bringing Cheech and Chong out, and then being in the Cheech and Chong show, too. So she, she's phenomenal, anyway. She's so beautiful. And such a talent, man. So that that's what we're working on now. Is uh, there's a documentary ready to come out, and I'm I'm going to probably springboard off that in, into some, um, uh, like a television show about early Cheech and Chong. Mm-hmm. You know, early Chong, early Cheech, and then I've got ideas. Uh, I want to uh, uh, form a um, movie company and uh and uh, help help with the world help the world's uh, problems including mm-hmm. you know the the unrest the homeless problem i got a good solution for the homeless uh problem and i got i got good solutions for a lot of things and because now you know because of this uh ai i guess we got phones that you can take a whole movie on a phone yep. uh, and, you know uh, we can communicate around the world instantly 
And so I, I feel now that whoever has a good idea and the influences are showing us that you, you come up with a good idea, a good scam, and all of a sudden, boom, you got millions and millions and millions of people tuning in. And yes, so anybody I, can be a creator or a director, it seems now, like with TikTok yeah. and what's going on with that type yeah, of movement. Yeah. You just have to have that, 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 that force behind you, you know, doing it for you. And I do have that. And I've been getting uh, these messages of how to deal with with world problems, and, and it's very important. And and it's so vivid now. You know, I was given answers for like the gun violence, for the all the all these uh, uh, social problems we got coming up. You know, and, and I've been around enough politicians to know that they're flailing. You know, because you know they they don't know what to do you know mm-hmm. and so you know people like in LA they're being recorded talking shit about their their constituents yep <laughs> but and that's a phone you see you, that's, you, you yes. can't lie or if you do lie it's recorded yes. and it's played back to your face and over and over again you know yep you, you can't get away with anything now you know and 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 it's it's crazy, and I love it. And so what I want to do, my my ambition, I'm going to really make this official some sometime, you know, around uh, when the time's right and everything. Um, but I I want my my goal in life now is to become the richest man in the world. And I can do that. I have product to sell. I have uh, movies to show. I have uh, all sorts of ways that people can give me money in return for goods, like like homemade bongs or like uh, sleep aids. Uh, and and if I can convince enough people that that by making me the wealthiest man, you're making me the most powerful man, you see, because it's, that's where the power lies. Now, not to do, you know, dismiss Bill Gates or, or Elon Musk, uh, but these guys, they're brilliant. They've made money, but they don't know dick about helping society, you know, other than, you know, the electric car is going to help, you know, Sure, fix, uh, you know, our oil problems. You know, we've got it. We've got the answer now. And so what I, what I want to do is, is, first of all, to deal with the homeless problem, because that that is a problem. Yes, all it over. looks like it's a major problem out there in California. I've seen other st- cities like New York. Uh, I think Houston, I've seen videos of problems down there. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. all over the place. It's not just just America. It's it's the world. Mm-hmm. When I was in, when we were shooting a movie in Amsterdam, uh, people were were uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, living in uh, in abandoned buildings. What they're doing here, you know, yeah. when they can. But in Amsterdam, they would take them over. They take over these these empty buildings because if they're not being used, then people need to live somewhere. And this is yes. where they're going to live. You know, and and what are you going to do about it? You know, it's kind of like uh, you know the conglomerate Walmart. Uh, you know, they 
we had a Walmart sitting in our town, my hometown, for 20 years that was empty because they built one of those super Walmarts. Yeah. And, I mean, you have this big footprint just sitting there, and the lights were on for 20-something years when that could be yeah. used for, like you say, for shelter, for, you know, a food bank, something. No, but, you know why they, be... but you know why they leave them on like that? I don't know. I mean, just... Taxes. It's mm, true. You see? You write off that that taxes. The taxes, that's what they did. That's what creates slums. Because and the bummer with to... the taxes is these these politicians that have been there, these lifelong politicians that have been well, there. Well, they get paid. Mm-hmm. They get they paid. Get paid. By, and and now we landlord. see this uh, insider-type trading that's going on um, with these politicians. It's, it's, that's, that's, that's they write the is. loopholes, and they, they jump through them. Um, well, look at us. Look at us. They're, they're keeping a, a, a perfectly healthy plant. That's right. Illegal. Mm-hmm. For money, for money Ooh, and control, yes, yes. and to hold down a whole race of people, and 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 to to make money with the slave labor that they end up with That's the prisons, right. you know, and that. I mean, it's just now well, Biden. He did end the private prison uh, system that was going on, which uh, the profit prisons, but that now has just shifted to immigration. Uh, they're, the private prisons uh, now are just into immigration. They just moved. And well, the prison prison I was in, the 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 real the down in the federal in front of the camp. The language there was Spanish. Mm-hmm. The the not English, Spanish, and that was in '03. Yeah, that see, was packed. Yep, and, and they're it, all Spanish speaking. Yeah, and the, and the for-profit oh, no. stuff is because uh, my brother's in federal prison right now out in Virginia. Oh, yeah? yeah, they keep transferring them all over, and with the COVID thing, they keep locking the prison down. They don't have enough staff to, to control the population in these prisons. Uh, it's third-world country in these in these federal prisons. It's it's uh, Yes, it's there's criminals in there, but they're humans <laughs> regardless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, the prison system where I was at, they were in it. I was in there with like lawyers. I was in there with, uh, uh, you know, these Wolves of Wall Street. You were in there with Jordan Belfort, right? Definitely in there with Jordan Belfort. But I was also, I I saw. (laughs) Stop it. I I, I saw uh, one guy, an old Spanish guy, he went in there. To get his open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Now he wasn't a, a criminal by no means, but he had to break a federal law in to order get to the get help. in there, so they could because it's mandated. The federal law says that you know anything, you know any major operation, they have to they have to do it. You hear these and, type of stories uh, often of people who break these laws to be able to go into prison just to get uh, medical assistance. Yeah. because of the yeah, that's what they do. system that's what, we have outside. The health, that's the health system that we got. Yes, know? it's not health care, it's sick care that we deal with. Uh, yeah. And it's run yeah. by the pharmaceutical companies, which brings us back around. We call this a callback to the Rockefellers and how the oil business and has just kind of uh, done yeah. this to us and put us but in this. The, the, the days, the days of, of that, that, that mindless greed... Uh, 
it's it's being diminished and it's because of guys like me you know that 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 show the world especially uh, people you know that that uh, go to my movies and, and and go to the shows and everything else it, it's it's it, what I, it, it kind of it's like teaching by example and so what I tell people now when I do cameos and everything else is that the best way to help anybody is by making such a, an example of yourself that you, you're, you're like the pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make a suit or something, you get a very popular pattern and you put it down. The next thing you know, everybody's got that good looking suit on. And it's the same thing as, as uh, uh, conduct, you know. That, that's why we watch sports so much, because we're looking for that. We, now, we used to get a lot of that kind of um, uh, spiritual food in, in churches. And mm-hmm. we still do. Uh, you know, you can go on a zillion channels and, and get your spiritual you know, taste whatever you're, whatever you're into, you know, that, that's happening. But, but, but what we need again, and that's where sports comes in, where you have, you need your heroes that people to look up to, you know? And, and so what's, what we're, what we're getting now, the more intelligent the race becomes, the more uh, exotic, the, the 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 what do you call it the heroes become you know like i i'm considered a hero in a lot of a lot of uh minds and, and, and because of uh of of the products that i put out and and the stance that i took you know and and, and it's like my wife and i you know we we she's my second wife but we've been together well over 50 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and my first wife is still with me in the same city and we're still see each other every week and we're still as close as we're a family. Mm-hmm. You see, we're family. And, and what, what I embody is, is that though everybody, we're all related. You know, that's why I've had so many fans tell me, you know, Oh, my uncle was looked like you, and my dad was like you, and grandpa was like you, and my brother was like you, and I grew up with you, and you know, and 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 that's why, like Cheech and Chong, Halloween. There's so many little Cheech and Chong <laughs> people dressed up like Cheech and Chong running around. That that we're we're this year we're we're having a little contest to see, uh, you know, the winner of the Cheech and Chong lookalike contest mm-hmm. so 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 this is why this is one of the reasons why why i never refuse podcasts because i i want to just give that message you know that yeah yeah pot's illegal but it's always been here and so what you want to do is is change your attitude and follow the rules, the, the righteous rules. I, I told someone, we're, we're talking about, I, I had these epiphanies all the time. And one of them was about golf. And I realized, you know what make you know what, I'll ask you this. Do you know what makes golf such a phenomenal game? 
Do you know what it is? I have no idea. I was just thinking about golf today. Okay. Because where we're at, we have golf. We have golf courses everywhere. It's the rules. Okay. If you never had rules for golf, that game could not exist. Would not not exist. Mm-hmm. Think about. It. Yeah, I, I, it always makes has, me think of the Carlin bit about golf yeah. golf courses and cemeteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Waste yeah. of spaces. But that's Carlin's mindset. <laughs> yes, it was. Back. Well, yeah. what I'm saying is is that that golf, and it's played by kings, queens, uh, by the royal, by everybody, everybody. There's a golfer in, in a family. Mm. My dad and played Every it, family yeah. has a golfer. Every every golfer. And and so golf, really, the rules, it's the rules. Because if you never have, well, like, here's an example of a guy that plays without rules is Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And, and and his golf game's a joke. People laugh at it because he cheats. He breaks the rules. And when you cheat, then your life is meaningless. Mm-hmm. Not just with golf, just with everything. I've never. If you cheat, if you cheat and lie, you're because what you're doing is like you're ripping a hole in your fabric, you know. Mm-hmm. And and before that, you can like your sail. You rip a hole in your sail, and you're not going to go as fast as you used to go until you repair that sail. Mm-hmm. You repair that rip. Every lie is a rip mm-hmm. in the sail, and pretty soon you, the sail's in rags because you've told so many lies. And what happens? You're not going anywhere. In fact, you're, you're going backwards. You're, you're, you're staying in the same spot. Everybody's passing you. You see? Now, I feel like we're talking the, about our government and politicians in general here. Well, think about it. It is. That's why, why it, it, like I say, everybody plays golf. Now, if you don't play by the rules, if you cheat and let everybody else play by the rules, and so, so you know, like you cheated a marathon, you know, wait for the a block away and then jump in the marathon run and fake like you won. You mm-hmm. ain't running shit. All you've run is all you've won is a bad reputation. And in the end, that's all liars get is a bad reputation. And think about this. That's the only thing we take with us into the next life is how we were in this life. Mm-hmm. Our reputation. Now if your reputation has been great right up until they found something or something you take that with you so so and everybody's has had their their moments you know but if you don't deal with it if you lie about them then you own them they, they stay with you that's why forgiveness is so powerful because what forgiveness does is like golf okay hit another one We'll forget about that one. Hit another one. You know, that's what forgiveness is. Oh, you messed up? Oh, okay, that's okay. But you still keep score. But you forgive the mistakes. And when you do that, then you, you, you're, you're, everything's in order. Yeah, you made a mistake, but you, you've taken care of it. Okay, so that disappears. And then you go forward. And you make another mistake, okay, you take care. But if you make a mistake and you lie about it, then you carry it with you. Mm-hmm. It becomes a burden. Yeah. And you carry it with you right until, until, until you transition. And, 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 and it goes on and on and on. So 
being you follow the rules in golf you you will know where you are at if you're phenomenal you'll have a low score and if you're a hacker or whatever like average you'll have an average score and if you're terrible well, and if you don't even play then you'll have no score because you know you got to play the game to have a score it's kind of like the shopping cart analogy if you put the shopping cart in the shopping cart corral you're probably a good person but if you leave it just hanging on the parking lot you're probably an asshole <laughs> That's right. a good idea. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, uh... that's, that's what's happening. No, that, that, that's in that, in that's the law of the universe. You mm-hmm. see, we live in a very physical universe. I did a, a, a little bit for James Keach uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Oh, man. I, I can't keep track. Anyway, uh, uh, you're blowing my mind, your recall and, and all that. Especially for being an eighty-four-year-old stoner. <laughs> well, that's because you know I've been blessed. Mm-hmm. I've got spirits living inside me that 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 have taken over. Mm-hmm. They literally have taken over, and and they call me out every once in a while. You know, they say, come on, like what was I doing? Oh, I took the I took the dog for a walk, and I, something. There was something really sweet going on. And the weather, was it the weather? There's something, anyway, it felt so good. And, and then, uh, oh, I'm, I'm signing posters, Cheech and Chong posters. Mm-hmm. And now that's their job now, by the way, <laughs> signing autographs. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we literally spend hours hours signing 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 but we get paid cash mm-hmm. and so you know if you're if you're wealthy and everything's in the bank you're not really wealthy mm-hmm. you know but if you're wealthy and the money's in your pocket now you're wealthy <laughs> yeah you know what and I mean? the bank is just a, it's just a number on a computer we kind of seen right. on co- during covid when people would go and try to take these large sums of money out and they'd be like no nah, you can't do that i remember my brother called me from ohio He's like, I yeah. can't even get three grand out of the bank right now. I've went to every bank in in Toledo right now looking for just to get the cash out, and nobody's got it. They said their the deliveries are late. Like, when is yeah. every bank's delivery late? You know? Yeah. Well, that's the way banks work. You know, they're they're mandated to keep so much cash. Well, that is that's a good thing uh, there. I mean, what do you think of like Bitcoin and blockchain and um, this it's this currency? You know, <clears throat> the future's here, it's like our cell phone. So you know, we got to get used to it. We got to learn how to deal with it. Yeah, it's and market, you know, it's a stock market. And, and if you have, uh, if you have money to play with, with, with that, uh, go ahead, do it. Well, uh, I'm uh, saying at some point um, where one of these digital currencies takes over our monetary system, basically. I well, mean, that's. Good. You that's know, the end goal forget, there. There was a time we used to pay your doctor with a pig. Yeah. <laughs> but you had the pig and it wasn't yeah, a number on the that, screen. You know, that's right. Uh, that's right. Because that, that gets us into where you can be shut off. You can be, you know, your 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 wealth can be taken from well, you. It's happened. This, the stock market mm-hmm. crashes. 
the, the one in the twenties, the crash in the twenties were millionaires were was triggered by the Rockefellers again. So they could buy up all the bonds. Well, I, I, I wouldn't really put it off on, 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 on them. Well, that, JP Morgan, he was involved too, but yeah, no, there, 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 there's that, there's that evil going everywhere. You know, yep. no one's got a, a monopoly on, 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 on that part, you know, uh, but yeah, no. What we're doing is is we're you know we used to trade with with all sorts of things you know. Yeah, the barter uh, system. Yeah. Yeah, the, the system, and so so now this is a computer uh, currency, and, and and it'll work. It, it, it'll work. It, it has to see because that's the direction we're going in. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got to keep going. You never go back. See this. There's never a time when the earth stops spinning and go, oh, I think I'll go back for a while, you know, go the other way, ever. And it never will happen. And that's with anything. Yeah, time always keeps going. And that's Bitcoin. That's why people say to me, too, about doesn't AI worry you? Well, it worries the the people that that don't have the vision to, to realize that there's nothing you can do about going forward. You know, it's up to you. You can just sit there and do nothing or you can worry or you can enjoy yourself. You, you got a choice because that's the whole point of being human, you know, is that freedom of choice. You know, of course, our choices are limited because of, of the lesson that we're supposed to be here to, to learn. Mm-hmm. I look at life this way. I look at, life like uh like donald trump does see donald trump when he was on the apprentice he learned how to act and he learned how because acting basically is lying yes you know you're just lying yep and he had to lie and be convincing and that's what a lot of salesmen are they're just liars Mm -hmm. they don't try that they're uh, they're doubting, you know, or or those reverse mortgage homes, you know. Do you think Tom Selleck would ever have a reverse mortgage? I don't even know what the fuck a reverse mortgage is. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. So uh, what it is? I, I you're, didn't you're, even know Tom was still alive. To the bank, you're selling your house to the bank, mm-hmm. and they're going to give you the the money, but you're going to enjoy it now, as opposed to when you die, then okay. your your heirs get the money. We we'll have to look That's in. Reverse. My wife takes care of all that stuff, so. That's a reverse mortgage. But Tommy, no, it's but, been uh, great having you on here. I don't want to take up too much of your time here. You've given okay, me plenty fine. of time. I mean, if you got time, I, we can tell more stories. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I better go because I, yeah, I got I got shit to do. How long did we do? Uh, it's about about an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. That's usually my 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 time. Yeah. I usually work out the the host. The host <laughs> usually go, uh, well, you know, Tom, uh, I got another show to do. You know, Tom, I got a life. <laughs> you know, I, I did want to ask you a little more. It was uh, to learn uh, you and you and Cheech, you know, during the times of touring and stuff, you guys weren't like, uh, for being the um, pioneer stoners, if you will, of the yeah. quote-unquote drug culture, you weren't uh, partiers or anything like that. And I, no, I watched an no. interview you had where you had mentioned in your indictment for the bong shipment how they were going to use the fact that you in your movies portrayed uh, uh, 
the feds and police in a negative light. That's why they should have yeah. sent you to prison. Yeah, that's why I should go to. And it really—that's where I was saying uh, you were—you were also a, a prisoner uh, of of just your celebrity because they in the indictment itself they they want to throw you in prison because of your opinion, your your First Amendment to be able to portray the police, the FBI, the CIA, the president, if you want, in any light that you wish. Yeah, no, but the thing is, they were they were running off at the mouth because they knew they had me mm-hmm. because they they threatened my wife yep. and my and and so you know it's like they had him hostage, which is real they G stuff, Tommy. Control. You 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 took the fall. You went to prison. Yeah. You did your time. You yeah. you you know you stood up and you that you was, were the man. That was the thing. Now now, as I watch the Harvey Weinstein case, as I watch, uh, 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 you know. Uh, the, all those cases come up, Bill Cosby. I realize I got a good case against the government. Mm-hmm. I got a great case, and I could sue for damages. I could sue for for uh, loss of income. I could sue for uh, illegally taking my cash. I mean, they entrapped they you. They uh, yeah. There's all yeah, sorts I've of. Got, I've got grounds, and I'm going to use them at the right time. Yeah, I'm not going to do them until the time is right. You know, that's why it's taken so long to put uh, Donald Trump away, because they're using him now. They're using him for the midterms elections. And I'm watching. I got tired of watching CNN and, and uh, MSNBC because I, I know what they're doing. And it's so obvious. And what they're doing is they're they're trying to scare all the Democrats into giving them money and they're, and they're worrying that all oh, the, the the races are tightening up. <laughs> You know, you oh, we're back to the polls. I, I haven't watched. Yeah. I don't watch mainstream. The races are tightening up. Okay, they can never come up with anything new. He, he, he wants the politicians to decide a woman's uh, health uh, decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he's running, and he doesn't even live in the place. And do you think he's going to win? Not in a million years. But they're always acting well. You know, you got candidates refusing to uh, debate other candidates. It's a it's a wild uh, midterms we're going into, and then you got the twenty twenty four cycle. Michael Moore said he called it a landslide for the Republic for the Democrats, and and I'm 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 calling it a landslide for the Democrats too, and we're not we're going to take everything. Uh, the house, everything. Now, when we do that, that's when I'm going to come out with my plan, and that's when I'll probably. Uh, I don't know. I I I I, I got to do some checking with with the bosses to see if, if I really should uh, go after the government for that. I I think I will. I think I will. I think I'll. Uh, you know, it's like a reverse uh, uh, Bill Cosby or, or uh, Weinstein. You know, because. They, they they trot those guys up. Yeah, they 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 committed that, and, and they're stupid, and they're and you know, and they're they're being nailed for it, you know. But it, but it's not the end of the world, uh, uh, and and it shouldn't be for anybody, you know. And and so that's why I want to, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Again, you see, I want to become the richest man in the world. Not for any other reasons, but to show how uh, riches should be used. 
mm-hmm. in in a in a society. You know, there's been a lot of benevolence is the word uh, over the years. You know, uh, from and, the rich, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, if yeah. in the in 2020 and 21 was the biggest transfer of wealth we've ever seen in human modern human history. Yeah, uh, they printed eighty. Yeah. Uh, 80- Two percent of all the currency that's ever been printed in the United States of America was printed in 2020 and 2021. Sure. So, and, and here we are with the worst climate uh, problems in the world. So bad that the climate's so bad that Earth has given us pandemics to get us to quit uh, traveling. You know, uh, you know, think about that. Because I didn't think said, about that, but I just seen the bo- that. There's a universe in in Boston. They just created a a coronavirus that's eighty has an eighty percent mortality rate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they them creating this stuff inside a lab, especially in the U.S., is very scary. Um, well, they they can they hey listen, we got enough atomic bombs sitting around here that that if, if anything went off accidentally, we, we would be obliterated. Okay. Mm-hmm. But don't worry about that. Don't don't worry about the worst that can happen. And I'll tell you why. Because the world keeps spinning. We've gone through worse, way worse. The world's gone through way worse That's problems. Right. You know. It's a cycle. If you, think, if you think about what Noah went through, you know, where the whole world was flooded, mm-hmm. you know. And, 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 you know, a lot of it's fiction, but then again, it's based on true stories. There is evidence that there was, I mean, the desert itself, the Sahara Desert, I mean, at one point was covered in water. It's been all upside down. And then you think, you worry about atomic bombs that, think about Yellowstone National Park. Oh, the super volcano. The molten earth is bulging right there. Mm -hmm. At any time, it can go bluey and obliterate North America. <laughs> so, it would so, obliterate the, it, would, it would be a pretty shitty winter for everybody I think uh, <laughs> if that no, were to go up great for everybody <laughs> because we, we are immortal creatures Immor- immortal is that the word immortal immortal yeah. to live we, forever or to die we've always been here mm-hmm. and what happens we're here to learn and we're only here to learn one life at a time and, and sometimes you, you, you get lucky and you go through a few like I have. But the, the main thing is, is that we're all here together and we're all really just one. Whatever um, happens to the least of us happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. And, and we feel it and we know it. That's why. A lot of times you can dwell on bad news because you, you, bad news can make some people feel better because at least their life isn't that bad, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's the whole thing about it. But, uh, you know, I'm coming up with some, some really good, uh, good ways to fix the homeless. I won't, I won't give it away now, but when I do, uh, let's let's talk again. Okay? Yeah, we'll have to talk again to hear more of those uh, ideas. You got a place that people can find these uh, Cheech and Chong uh, chews? Uh, yeah, just uh, cheechandchong.com dot com. As far Boom. as I know, check yeah, out cheechandchong Check around. Uh, there's uh, tommychong.com dot com, and there's Cheech and Chong. You'll you'll find it. 
Sweet. I, I again, thanks a lot for for giving me your time and and talking to me today. It's been a it's been a great yeah, conversation. We'll see you, again. We'll, we'll see you next time. Dude. All right. You have a good one. Look at me trying to go. Oh, I did it. <laughs> Peace, man. Nationwide gas prices have reached an all-time record high, and there's a lot of us that are feeling the squeeze. We can help alleviate those pains at the pump through a revolutionary fifth-generation Nobel Prize fuel catalyst, now available to the public. Boost by Govi increases miles per gallon by an average of 20%, allowing you to go further, lessening how many times you need to fuel up. That's money in the bank. Just pop this little purple pill into your tank and get big gas savings. Professional truck drivers can also experience massive savings because it can also be used in diesel engines and decreases the amount of diesel exhaust fluid that's required. This unparalleled purple pill also increases octane levels by five points, which allows regular fuel to act like premium and is safe with over 650 million miles tested without damaging a single vehicle. It's time to free up your budget and increase your bottom line today. Visit gogastab.com. That's G-O-G-A-S-T-A-B.com. We hope you enjoy what you hear on Embella's Talk Network and want to remind you to check the full schedule for live broadcast showtimes. The Shepherd Ambella Show broadcasts on weekdays, Monday through Friday, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. Also, don't forget to catch the live broadcast of The Cole Report, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Central. Then on every Sunday at 7 p.m. Central, listen to Rained Out Rantcast on ATN.Live. Also, remember, don't forget to click the pink button in the upper right corner and make a pledge. Anyone who pledges support of $50 or more will receive two of Shep's documentary film DVD videos, and his latest Electronic Beats album titled Gangstalker 2.0. All shows are rebroadcast and looped daily until the next live show. ATN.Live, The Ambellas, Talk, Network. ATN.Live.